welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel. And um, with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. You know, one thing I really like to tell him, I think I should share. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at your murderous beard and your murderous brow. That I, I've been told that several times, um, especially by children, uh, elderly. And, and one dog. And one dog. <laughs> one dog. I thought my cat was going to tell me, but Pocket was like, meh. She's more murderous than you are. <laughs> yeah, so. she, she's got murderous whiskers yeah, she's and got teeth that and claws. Murderous scowl. Yeah. Whatever she got. No, hers is indifferent. Get oh, right. murder, murderous indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. She didn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. You can also email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Uh, please review us on iTunes so we get more noticed. Um, you know, so other people can listen to us. No, I oh, thought you were going to say uh, something. Well, I, I wanted to share with everybody that um, y'all should have listened to the 50th episode. It was, it was buck wild. It was crazy. We had hookers. Everybody got laid. Even the fat kid who plays D&D and shit. Oh, it was great. Huge party. If you guys want to actually uh, hear that party that we recorded, just go back and listen to that episode. It's totally awesome. Totally awesome. You know, also, mm-hmm. Just the two cats that we have in the house, plus all the neighborhood cats, decided mm. to do a recreation of that painting with the dogs playing poker. That's right. But it was with the cats. But it was with the cats because oh, they're like, you know so what? Awesome. We yeah. can make that so fucking awesome because we're cats. Yeah. And then like Robocop came over here and he was doing like the robot and shit. Oh, it's <laughs> dope. It was, but I mean, you couldn't see. You just heard a lot of. <laughs> but it was dope. That's what super, made it cool. Super dope. Super dope. Super dope. Super dope. That's what I would call my new soap line. Super dope. <laughs> Your soap? So- soap line? Super dope? Get it? S- the S in super uh-huh. and the ope in dope uh-huh. makes soap. Uh-huh. So you get super dope. It's- You're already taking too long to... No, you, you fucked up. No, I I got it. I'm sure other people got it. You're the one who didn't get it. You <laughs> fucked up. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we've got some news for you today. More like <clears throat> one news one story. giant news story one giant news story yeah um that was my mug i was slamming down i was like i gotta tell this <laughs> <laughs> uh recent review of the lovebirds yes the night the netflix uh movie that was originally supposed to get out it was supposed to get a theatrical release but COVID was like nope yeah they're like COVID, nope um and then our geriatric cinematic is something wild yes I thought we were going to do a plan where it's like, you know, mm. like something wild. Come on. Tell me the name of the title. Uh, like your daughter was like, uh, what's it called? Oh, yeah. And so you're like do, something so, wild. And yeah. she's like, no, but what's it really called? Yeah. Uh, it's something wild. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> what's the topic? The topic is love is in the air. Or is it? I really can't wait to talk about something wild. Me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie. Fuck. <laughs> All right, um, let's get started with the news. Um, the Snyder Cut of Justice League is finally coming to fruition, and it's going to be released on HBO Max. Yeah, if, uh, this news dropped like May 20th, if you guys been living, or guys and gals, sorry, or what's, uh, what's her girl's name? 
Carol Baskins, Cats and Kittens. Um, yeah, uh, it's got out that the Snyder Cut is coming out on HBO Max. <sighs> uh, toxic Fandom won this battle because everybody was like, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, and we're getting a fucking Snyder Cut. <laughs> I think it's funny because it is toxic fandom, but at the same time, they also kind of weren't wrong. Well, how do you mean? Because from the quotes that I've seen from Schneider, from Schneider, Snyder, he was like mm. really grateful that they wanted that mm. and that they made it happen. Mm, okay. Um, I don't, I think there are really toxic people out there who yeah, just yeah. argue and argue and argue till everyone just wants to shoot them in the face. Yeah, but, or just give them what they want for they can just shut just shut the fuck up. Yeah, but it seems to me like Snyder might get a little bit of redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the jury will be out to you know till we can actually see what he creates. Yeah. So he said, uh, Zack Snyder said this during a Men of Steel watch party. Uh, he was quoted saying. I want to thank HBO Max and Warner Brothers for this brave gesture of supporting artists, <clears throat> artists and allowing their true visions to be realized. Also, a special thanks to you, to all of those involved in the Schneider Cut movement for making this a reality. Uh, so we're there's so we're we'll go through some of the, like the big stories that came out about the Schneider Cut. Um, supposedly that there are a couple ways it's going to get released. Um, one way is that it will be a four-hour movie, mm-hmm. or they may release it as 30-minute episodes and, like, six of them. Um, and that's one story. Uh, what's another one? That it's going to take about 20 to $30 million to finish the project for the Snyder Cut version of Justice League. Um, so here's a couple of things I have. Issue. I have a huge issue with this the whole Snyder Cut thing. Um, I've been doing a lot of a lot of my own research, um, kind of listen to other people who are involved in the production and like journalists who were there when they were um, being shown Justice League when it was first in production. Uh, I have to give a big thanks to um, uh, journalist, film journalist uh, Devin Faraci. Uh, he was on set and. He pretty much said that everything we saw in that movie, that is the movie. Like, that is the Justice League movie. Like, the jokes and, like, a lot of the plot issues and stuff, he goes, that's in the movie. That What we saw is is the Snyder Cut. Um, well, there are several things they took out. Obviously, there's, like, no, there's no dark side in it. Uh, Stephen Wolf looks a, a bit worse. Um, there was a story that came out that Stephen, the original design of Steppenwolf might be included. Um, a lot of people have swore like, like there's a Snyder Cut version of the movie, but they're shelling out $20, $30 million to put it together. It didn't exist. It did not exist before now. Like they are taking time to like finish the movie. So there was really no Snyder Cut. Um, the film that a lot of people may be thinking of it's, it's called a, an assemble version. An assemble version is just everything that they shot, like, in a, uh, in a chronological order. Like, from point, from point A to point B. Unedited. Unedited, exactly. Um, and that can literally go for hours. 
four, five, six hours. And it's just a matter of just cutting and cutting and constant cutting to, to like smash everything into like a two hour movie, two and a half hour movie and all that jazz. So, um, one theory I heard, which it makes a lot of sense, especially in the business sense. Um, HBO max is coming out May 27th. So in a couple days, Mm -hmm. when Disney came out, um, what Disney had? Disney had like the Mandalorian already set. They had Avengers Endgame. Like they they had stuff that people would uh, get into the streaming service just to watch. Mm-hmm. Netflix had like, I mean Netflix was the first one started, but like Hulu and stuff like that. They all had something, some like niche, right, or some little product that, oh, if you sign up with this, you'll watch this for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. HBO Max didn't have anything, like at all. Like, or they're like, oh, shit, we need to make something. Yeah, so rumor goes that this decision was made back in November. Oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, and that HBO Max or HBO Warner Media was like, well, we got to have something to draw people in. If the Schneider Cut was done already, it would have been released that day on May 27th. Boom, for everybody to go. But this is getting released like in 2021. So what are they going to put on HBO Max? All the same stuff that's on HBO Go and HBO Now? Well, since HBO Max is owned by Warner Media, we're going to get a lot of Warner Media like TV shows or TV shows or movies and stuff like that. Um, I think Rick So and, it's more like Hulu? Yeah, but even Hulu doesn't have everything because Warner doesn't own they don't have like a huge stake in it. I think it's No, like, no, no, but I mean more like how Hulu operates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about like movies and stuff like that? Yeah, like TV shows and like yeah, they're going to get to like the Warner, but it's going to be like strictly like Warner Library. Li- library. Um, I think like you can watch like Rick and Morty episodes like the next day, kind of like Hulu. Um, and there still is a bunch of stuff that still is in production or hasn't been completed. Like Adventure Time, regular show coming back. Uh, the Friends reunion is still not put together. Mm-hmm. So obviously HBO Max is like, well, we got to have something that's going to draw everybody in. Oh, the shit, the Snyder Cut. We'll go ahead and do that. Yay. And honestly, I seriously think it's still going to be a train wreck. Like, it's not going to be that vastly different. Maybe, like, the color scheme is going to be different. Like, I think we were talking about one of the characters dies or something, mm-hmm. and they never really, they kind of left it ambiguous as how he died. Oh, Steppenwolf, yeah. And then this version supposed to show what actually happened which was like wonder woman killed him yeah yeah and uh if you people don't remember justice league was supposed to be part one of a part two and the movie was supposed to end with steppenwolf being killed by wonder woman and then dark side showing up um and then we get into justice league 2 just remember justice league 2 is never gonna happen like ever mm-hmm. a lot of people like we still got like gail godot as wonder woman uh and Ben Affleck is gone. We got a new Batman. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Henry Cavill. They were like wasting him because he's actually like a decent Superman. Yeah. But. I honestly feel like they, they're wasting um, Gal Gadot too. What, with uh, Wonder, Man, Wonder Woman 84? No, like I think she's great. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have seen her as part of something bigger. You know? Yeah. And, and it's like, so they, they threw away the Flash because they used the stupid one um, and then, <laughs> yeah i forget the dude's name um you know and 
then you have Aquaman, who, which could have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, all these things could have been really cool, and some of them are great, and some of them suck. But because some of them suck, it brought down the ones that were really great. Yeah. Like, I, like no lie. I actually do like Ben Affleck's Batman. I was one of the people who did not like the fact that Ben Affleck got cast as Batman. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? But seeing him as Batman, he he's great as an old weathered Batman. Mm-hmm. Gail Godot is a great Wonder Woman. But when it came to like what we got from Wonder Woman and Aquaman, Warner Brothers tripped and fell into that success. Because we got Aquaman, we got like uh, a glimpse in Aqu- of Aquaman and Batman vs. Superman. Wonder Woman showed up in Batman vs. Superman, but they didn't establish they didn't we didn't establish them in the Warner in the in this universe. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't just do they didn't just do Iron Man, Thor, and then boom, Avengers. No, they did. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, um, I'm thinking Hulk. Hulk was somewhat already established. Then we got Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So what we got from Wonder Woman and Aquaman was just pure by accident. Even Wonder Woman and Aquaman made more money than Justice League. And Justice League, it's supposed to be Warner Brothers, Avengers. They're supposed to knock a billion dollars in a weekend. Mm-hmm. The movie, I think, got like $600 million in total. Yeah. And um and they're saying that's still not considered a flop, but it wasn't the grand success that they wanted. Yeah, and you got to think like they are putting I like the budget already for Justice League was like 2 to 300 million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then add on the reshoots and whatever um Josh Whedon had to do to add on to it. Or it might be combined. It might maybe I think total was like 300 million dollars something mm-hmm. even with the Josh Whedon reshoots or Whatever he did to fix it. And then add on 20 to 30 million that uh, Warner Bros. is shelling out to fix the Schneider version. Mm-hmm. Like, you've already have spent more than half of your profit. <laughs> I wonder if he cuts out some of the stuff that probably would have been in his original cut. That's a good question. Maybe he thought, like, about well, that didn't work. And he cuts that out. Yeah, like, oh, see, see, this is what, and then mm. it's kind of, I bet you it still would have been trash. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing is, I don't, I don't, correct me if I, correct me if I already said this. Uh, Devin Faraci also had said that while he was on set, they walked him through the plot. They walked him and several other reporters through the plot. They explained what's going to happen, how's it going to happen, who's going to die, what they're aiming for. And from the jump, they were like, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna fix this entire movie in no way. You're gonna, especially now. Uh, what was the report about how there's like no reshoots? Yeah, there's no reshoots. The twenty to thirty million that they're spending is gonna be just for, um, you know, basically redoing the visual effects for Zack Snyder, um, and then maybe. The cast isn't going to be reshooting, but maybe they might redo some of the dialogue. Mm. Which I don't know how you do that without dubbing it over and looking, making it look bad. Yeah. Um, but that's all. That's what they're going to spend just to do that much. I know. Are they going to be able to fix fucking Henry Cavill's horrible like mustache makeover? <laughs> I bet you. What if the thirty million is just for the mustache? <laughs> it's like ten million to fix that shit. <laughs> I remember when that came out, there were several like visual uh, visual effects artists that were just like. Yeah, I could have fixed it. I could have done a better job. I mean, the people from the corridor. Oh, that's right. I'm sure they could have done better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For uh, cheaper. For yeah, exactly. 
Um, however, I am going to watch it. I, I actually, I saw Justice League. I, unfortunately, I never went to the theaters to go see it. The reason why is because um, I was supposed to review it for uh, the site we used to write for. And like I was too sick. And I was like, I can't do this. Oh, yeah. And I just, I just never did it. Right, just never reviewed it, and then I saw like a copy of it somewhere, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this? What the hell? I just watched." I've never seen it, so when I do watch I it, I have to make you have to watch the original. You gotta, you gotta watch the theatrical cut, and then yeah, you got. I'm gonna have the. I'm gonna make uh, you sit down and watch it. You got it. You gotta. Actually, you know what? We might have to just go through DC. Like, all right, all right. like we gotta do Men of Steel. We gotta. Don't worry, it's not that much. Man of Steel, Batman for Superman, and then boom, we're in Justice League. Okay. See, that dog wants you to do it, too. The one that's barking? I don't like that dog. I want to punt him every time I hear him. <laughs> he always tries to bite my ankles, and then I kick at him, and then the neighbor's like, he's not going to bite you. And I'm like, he's fucking rushing me like he's going to fucking bite me. I'm going to kick at him. So are you saying that this dog is Steppenwolf, and you're Wonder Woman? No, I'm saying that if this dog has an opinion about me watching <laughs> an any opinion? DC film... Uh-huh. I'm going to do the exact opposite. <laughs> to be like, hey, you shouldn't totally not watch it. And you're like, yes, I'll watch it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch it. And I, I if anything, we're, I know I know we're going to review that Schneider Cut. We got to talk about it mm-hmm. whenever whenever it comes out. Whenever. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, there's, no, there, there's no Schneider Cut. It's, people are talking in the background now. Cool. Thanks. So yeah, there's uh there's no Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut is currently being created. It's being put together. So there was a report that came out that um, that Ray Porter, an actor, he had confirmed that he was set to play Darkseid in the Justice League movie. Um, let me see. So the Ray Parker said blah 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 now the <laughs> now the Schneider Cut, blah, 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 blah. So, okay, so this is what he said. Simple as this. That said, because I've been given permission, hi, I'm Ray. I play Dark Side in Zack Snyder's Justice League. There. It's out now. Mm-hmm. So we might see Dark Side in Justice League. That would be good. I know it ain't going to amount to shit because we're never going to Justice League too. I know it's not going to, but like as an actor, mm. wouldn't you want... Like, you knew you had something that could have been great, and you just want people mm. to know, like, what it would have been like. Just yeah. to give them a taste. Yeah. Like, I would want that. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, um, that's like uh, I forgot who's the guy who did, who did uh, Thanos in the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. How you just see his face, and you see him smile, and, you, and like, that's, I mean, obviously they got Josh Brolin to play Thanos, but like... Um, we we know who the guy who played that Thanos from Avengers because he just wanted to be like yeah that was me mm-hmm. that is, that is something cool you know what about what's the character's name Black Adam or something like that yeah Black Adam we never got him right no he Black- was like in an Easter egg or something uh in Shazam yeah and that was in Shazam yeah uh at the post credits I think. They show every... Well, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers for Shazam if you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the the gang, the Shazam family or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. They, they're sitting in their thrones and everything, and there's an extra seat, and you're like, holy shit, and you realize that's that's Black Adam's throne. Oh, I thought there was, like, something to do with, like, you know how um, they have all those gold people? Um, gold people? Like in... Oh, the, the um, uh, like, Hawkman and Hawkgirl and stuff like that, right? Like, they have, like, wings and shit? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I keep thinking, it's not Thanos Karen. I think it's Thanos Karen. I may be thinking of Wonder Woman's Island. I know, I know what you're talking about, right? Like they're flying and shit? I think so. Maybe this is not a good time to try to remember it while we're doing a podcast. No, you can just, uh, hot girl, blah, 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 I can't remember where the fuck they're from. It was like a whole society. It was all gold. A whole society of gold? Yeah. Oh, Thanagar. Oh, it is Thanagar. Okay yeah i mean they kind of look gold they have like they, they have wings right i don't remember i just remember their face was painted gold like everything was gold in the justice league movie i don't i've never watched the justice league okay movie. so what are you referring to then i think it was a marvel movie like at the oh, end oh you're okay yeah uh, from guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah, I think that's what was it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So what there was like a character in one of the <laughs> Oh, Adam. Um that's what the Adam part was what I was oh, remembering. Oh, okay. Yeah, two different franchises. Okay. <laughs> no, supposedly like he's going to show up in like Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but that's not confirmed. That's what I was wondering cuz mm. I was like, so it's the same thing like that was a long time ago that we got that. Yeah, that's and true. And we still haven't seen him, so like if you are even just a little bit in like, you know, the end, the mid credit scene or whatever, yeah, you'd still want the chance to like to show see. what you could be, even if they never use you. That's true. That's true. Um, for, uh, James Gunn has he hasn't confirmed that Adam's going to show up in uh, Adam Warlock. That's his name. There, oh yeah, there you go. Adam Warlock. Okay, I keep saying Adam like like yeah, the homie Adam's not going to show up. <laughs> um, yeah, he hasn't confirmed that Adam Warlock is going to show up, but like the way the way how uh, Marvel has been doing their shit, that like they're going more cosmic now, which is why we get like the Eternals, which is why we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, everybody's waiting for like the Nova Corps to show up again. Um, so we're gonna get an Adam Warlock. They are very Marvel's very good at keeping their shit like tight to the chest. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like there was that post credit scene in Spider Man Far From Home. Uh-huh. That remember the one the one that I fucking jumped out of my seat like mm-hmm. went, oh my god yeah, freaked yeah. out. The fact that nobody saw that right yeah. So I think we're we definitely get Adam Warlock. Uh, however, mm-hmm. even if we got a Dark Side, that's it. We're never going to see that fight happen. I know. I mean, we might. We might. But it's not going to be the ones we think is. Just for the record, I had the right franchise. Okay. It wasn't the wrong franchise. Oh, okay. You know, because it was Marvel. Mm. And it was Adam. I just couldn't remember the name of the okay. Adam. Yeah. Well, you were, you're saying that. Like, Adam, like, why are we? Wait. Because so, I'm assuming we're still talking about DC. But you jumped to the other franchise. Thanks. Because I that's the <laughs> one that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch DC stuff because it's all over the place. You didn't see Shazam. Yeah, I know, but that one was good. Like, mm. cool, they got one. Yeah. And you saw Wonder Woman. Which was shit. Wonder Woman? I didn't like it. It was boring. I like her, mm. but it was just... She was too... Like... I she say, was almost childish in the way yeah, that... Yeah, I, I want to say ignorant, but she wasn't ignorant. She was very... Um, 
not oblivious. What's that one where you very not she didn't have experience in the outside world, so she mm-hmm. came in very kind of like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, this whole Schneider cut thing has been happening. Apparently, it's been stories. Okay, I think this is funny. Apparently, people are destroying their Justice League theatrical cut. Yeah. Why? And why not? Because I guess you just like tearing up money. But they're not gonna watch it again. <sighs> once that next, once that that Snyder cut comes out, they're gonna want to watch it again. Because they're gonna be like, this Snyder cut sucks. <laughs> They're not gonna want to watch it again. No, I know. Even even if DC, even if DC fans, I'm sorry, even if the Schneider cut sucks, DC fans will not admit it well, sucks. There's there are people out there who just buy movies outright, yeah. without watching it, mm-hmm. and they think it's gonna be great, and they watch it, and then they're disappointed, and mm-hmm. it just sits in part of their collection. Mm-hmm. I know this because my older brother used to be one of those people. Instead of going to the movies mm-hmm. or waiting for something to come out to rent. He would buy things. Yeah. And he had this huge DVD collection, and he never watched them after the first time. Mmm. So I know people like that I've exist. I've done that plenty of times, yeah. There, you know what? There, no lie. I have like a box full of DVDs that I just never watch. I bought it, and I was I'm going to watch it, and just never watched it. <laughs> like, they still have like the wrappers on it. That <laughs> sounds like me with my yarn. <laughs> He'll buy yarn. Be like, I'm going to buy yarn. I'm going to do, I'm going to make something really great yeah, with I'm, this. I'm going to make this really great blanket. For the winter, two years later, it's summer. Still not finished that blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people are smashing their 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 DVD copies. Supposedly, the Martian Manhunter is going to show up in this movie. Who's that? He's a guy. Martian Manhunter from Mars. His name is John. I forgot John something. He comes from Mars. He looks like a human, but like he morphs and he like looks green and shit like that. He's a, he's actually pretty cool. It's like the last of his race. Um, uh, what was it? It was Homeboy who played oh Henry Harry Lennox who was in Justice League. Uh, teased that the Martian Manhunter might be making the Snyder cut. So well, I know. Cool. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, since this whole you know, director's cut thing is happening. Josh Trank had something to say. Mm-hmm. Josh Trank, famously known for that fucking garbage Fantastic Four movie, was asked, hey, man, are we going to see your cut of the movie? And he just said, no need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, what, he disowned Fantastic Four. Yeah, he hates that movie. Yeah, I remember um, when the movie... When the movie got released, he tweeted saying, like, I did a Fantastic Four movie. This is not my version. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not it. And Not just that, but, like, he, you're never going to see his version because not only is it, they're not really a cut. Mm-hmm. They did everything they could to make it, like, that it was not going to be successful. They, so? they cut his budget. <sighs> like, like, I hate, I hate studios. <laughs> okay. like, like the mcu is great because if they hire you to do a job mm-hmm. they expect you to do it and then they don't yeah. really get in the way there have been cases when when marvel has kind of gotten in the way but i think that's when marvel didn't really have their footing like uh like a famous story um patty patty jenkins was supposed to direct thor to the dark world and mm-hmm. they pulled her away from it they just yanked that shit out yeah uh edgar wright was 
famously was supposed to do Ant-Man. And after years and years, she was just like, fuck, I'm not doing this because I'm not dealing with these fucking people anymore. Right. Um, but not but not as much as, like, other studios. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems like Warner Brothers gets in the way at every fucking opportunity. That is, that is, a, that is a constant practice in Hollywood that the directors will have a vision and somebody higher up will go, I don't agree with that. I feel like I have to step in. Um, this kind of comes in the... Uh, kind of, Snyder is a... I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna trash Snyder. I'm not saying. I'm not gonna say he's a bad director. He's a great visual director. I love Dawn of the Dead. I love Watchmen. Three Hundred looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Sucker Punch looks awesome. No, I didn't know that was his. I liked that one. Yeah, but other than Watchmen, most of these movies, the plots are super fucking thin. Yeah. Like, no lie, Sucker Punch is just a series of just action set pieces. And even the story behind Sucker Punch is kind of fucked up. Yeah. The fact that it's like an allegory for, like, rape and shit like that. Mm-hmm. 300 looks good. It is a simple plot. Uh, 300 Spartan warriors are going to defend their pl- their land. That's it. Yeah. You know, Watchmen, um, he, great visual on Watchmen, but mind you, Watchmen had a long legacy behind it already. You know, Alan Moore and David Gibbons' work. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like an easy one right there. Um, also, the fact that uh, Schneider's wife, Deborah, she's the one who, like, directs him. Like, like kick back off that. You need to slow your roll. Like, don't do it like this. Don't do it like that. So he's already being kind of, like, micromanaged by somebody he doesn't need the studio to come <laughs> yeah. in. So, like, yeah, it's 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 well known that studios get in the way. And studios got in the way real bad with Josh Trank's uh, uh, Fantastic Four movie. But mind you, Josh Trank, this was, like, his, like, second film. And this is, like, his first major film. Okay, but did they get in the way of, like, did Marvel get in the way of, like, Taika Waititi's? No, because here's the thing. Um, Marvel used to have a committee of people that gave the final word on what is going to be done with these movies. That's why you watch like the Thor movies. They're kind of jumbled up. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what the fuck they're trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. But eventually when Feige had always been there, but eventually Feige got into a higher power position and he dismantled that group. And ever since then, they've had hit after hit after constant hit mm-hmm. because they have like a singular vision and they do give these directors the opportunity to shine. Takawatiti's prime example, uh, James Gunn, another mm-hmm. prime example, the Russo brothers, they gave him the fucking Endgame movie. And uh, they hadn't really done a whole lot before that either. Who the Russo brothers? Mm-hmm. The Russo brothers, their their biggest their their biggest claim to fame was like directing episodes for community. Yeah. And like that's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They they gave them a chance and they didn't really step in, so I don't really think there's a good reason for not stepping in like for stepping into his stuff yeah. for fantastic four yeah and fox is famously have gotten has gotten in, in has interfered with people behind fantastic the people who are directing fantastic four the reason why well i don't know the exact reason why but the way how the fantastic four uh like the copyright issues and stuff used to work is they had to make a movie every four years otherwise the rights would revert back to marvel so that's why we got these those those two uh, silver um, those two Fantastic Four movies that came out like in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. There's a well known Roger Corman version of Fantastic Four that was never intended to get released. Mm-hmm. 
You can see it on YouTube. But it was never supposed to see the light of day. Did you watch it? I seen clips of it. Oh, boy, it's bad. <laughs> but it's like that good bad. It's like good kind of bad stuff. Oh, okay. And fucking Fox did the same thing with, with Fantastic Four. Fucking Sony does the shit with Spider-Man. Yeah, that's bullshit, too. Yeah. So, yeah, John Strang said that, like, there's no need to see that cut. That cut doesn't exist. Um, however, David Ayer, the guy behind Suicide Squad, he said that his cut does exist and it's nearly complete. I'm actually curious about this version. Mm. Did you ever watch Suicide Squad? No. Like, I'm serious about like not I watching them after the X-Men oh. movies. Go on. I, I really don't watch anything. And then the oh. fucking Dark Phoenix movie. Oh. <laughs> that we actually... That we, we did an episode on, that yeah. That we did that episode on, and the movie was bad, and it was hot that day. Like, the movie was so bad, and I was so irritated, and we were at each other's throats. It was like the first time we in earlier on that we actually were like, I want to murder you instead of finishing this episode. Yeah, because... It was bad. That, 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 that Phoenix movie was so bad that people were fighting each other about how bad it was. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you, you um, okay. So I have, I, I just remember you have seen another DC film. You've seen the Harley Quinn movie. That one was good. That was a good one. No, not Harley. Well, yeah. They, yeah. Birds they renamed of, it. Yeah. Harley. Yeah. Birds of Prey or the Imagination Proclamation of Harley Quinn, whatever the fuck it's called. And then they changed it to Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's like we watched that uh, that movie, The Mutilator. It was oh, actually called um, Fall Break. Fall Break. Oh, that movie's so bad. Um, <laughs> so, Suicide Squad. I was actually re- really looking forward to this movie when I saw the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somewhat familiar with the, the gang of Suicide Squad. But when that movie came out, my God. It was atrocious. Mm. It was phenomenally shit um they gave this warner brothers went to david air who was actually a really good director when you give him good material he's actually a really good director he did that movie um the one with jake gyllenhaal and michael pena you like it's called like watch or something like that where they're two cops oh the, uh yeah final watch or something like that yeah that's a great oh, end of watch end of watch that's see that that's a david air film that's a good movie mm-hmm did he do that? Yes. Training Day? That's a good That's movie. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Uh, so David Ayer, what happened was Warner Brothers gave David Ayer like two months, two to three months to put together. Um, oh, I take that back. I'm so sorry. He did. He didn't do End of Watch. He did. Uh, let me see. He was a writer for Training Day. Oh, he wrote SWAT. Holy shit. He I direct- liked SWAT. Oh, he did. I'm sorry. He did do End of Watch. He did End of Watch. He did Harsh Science. It's not so bad. He did Street Kings. not so bad. Fury. That's a great movie. With Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. That's a great war movie. I never saw that one. That's good. What? He's doing The Dirty Dozen? Holy shit. Okay, I guess a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the studio went to David Ayer and was like, we need a script for Suicide Squad put together. You got three months. Mm-hmm. Go. That's one. That's already a bad sign. Like if you want to, if you want a fleshed out script, you got you got to have at least five to six months. Yeah, they gave him three months, and then they gave him the movie to direct, and they gave they gave him like a short time to put the movie together. And instead of letting him and his team edit it, the WB went to like a studio that's mainly known for 
editing trailers. I think it was I think they were called trailer trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and told them to edit this movie, and that's why we got this jumbo shit of a fucking needle drop movie. I mean, it is fucking bad. Mm. You gotta watch that too. We gotta go. Through, we gotta go through DC films. We gotta. I'm sorry. You gotta watch these DC movies. You're telling me about all this stuff, and what just popped into my head was, did you ever look up that Anansi the Spider stuff? Oh, damn it. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, though. I forgot. I've been very busy. So sorry. <laughs> so David Ayers says that his, his is almost ready to go. Um, he said that it's, they only needed some visual effects to be completed. Um, what, what Mark is trying to tell you is that he said this in Spanish, <laughs> and he doesn't want to but- butcher your ears. No. So Kelsey shall say it. Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah. Go on, white girl. Uh, okay. Claro que existe y está casi completa menos unos efectos visuales. Yeah, that's what David Ayer tweeted. And it was pretty much what, like, the visual effects just need a little bit more work, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it exists. And it's almost complete minus some visual effects. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad did get a box office total of $746 million out of a $175 million uh, budget. Even though it was critically panned, um, it did allow the Birds of Prey film. Which was really good. Which was really good. And we are getting a second Suicide Squad movie. Which hopefully they do better. I think they will. Who's do? Oh, it will. You know why? Why? James Gunn's oh, doing yeah, it. Oh, yeah, James Gunn's doing James it. James Gunn is doing no, it. But you can't say that it will. Uh, because you don't know the studio is going to get involved. I think that's the thing. I think the studio has finally backed the fuck up. And let the directors do their work. That's why we got... Um, that's why Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 84 mm-hmm. is coming out. And we saw... The trailer looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But she had she had a majority of control over it. Um, and I think also because DC has now decided we are going to kind of start, start stepping away from the shared universe. And let the directors do their thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite what we say of... Despite what we said of Joker, mm-hmm. it did get an Oscar. For Joaquin Phoenix. But we'll never see another Joker movie. No. Like that. Um, we are getting uh, a new Batman movie. But this is like uh, a younger Batman. I'm actually really excited to see that. I'm very curious about that. Even though you've not shown me any of his movies yet. Robert Pattinson? Mm-hmm. I should um, show you good. Oh, I, I you said he time. has some really good ones. Um, and I haven't seen any. So... Um, I know he has it in him. I don't know. I just feel like I know he does. Oh, he does. Just people just people are just dumb. They're well, they're like, like, oh my god, we don't want him to sparkle. Ugh, that is the, the, the tired old fucking shit, man. So sick of that. Sick of your shit. <laughs> uh, who did? Who's doing? Bat Reeves. There you go. Matt Reeves is is behind. <laughs> he said Bat Reeves. Yeah, Bat Bat Reeves is behind the Batman movie. He was <laughs> destined to play this character. He was the Bat. He was the Bat. Uh, Matt Reeves is behind the new Batman movie, and I'm stoked about that because he's a great director as well. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes were f- fucking phenomenal. Mm. So, yeah, getting these cuts. Gonna get the suicide cut. Suic- All these cuts. Yeah, you know the buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Which is the military cut. Thousands and thousands of cuts. Whatever happened to just like getting a director's Juli- cut? The Julianne cut. The Julianne cut was that. That's in cutting, like 
in the kitchen, the julienne. Uh, am I cutting in the shape of a julienne? No, julienne is like French fry cut. Oh. Like a little thin. Yeah. You learn something new every day? Yeah. You know, dicing. <laughs> okay. Mincing. <sighs> Do you just want to move on to the next Let's segment? move on. I'm so tired of these fucking this cut. <laughs> I'm just, no lie. We were like, okay, let's, let's go through the news. Let's see what we can talk about from the news. And all we fucking saw was... Schneider cut, Schneider cut, Schneider cut, Schneider cut. I'm just like, fucking done with this. <laughs> the movie's, <laughs> there's no release date for the Schneider cut, and I'm already sick of this shit. Yeah, exactly. And I bet you, I, I, I bet my money is gonna fucking suck, but the DC fans are gonna be like, no, it's the greatest movie, it's the greatest visual masterpiece put together. They're all Republicans, that's what I say. <sighs> yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> all right, we're done, we're out. All right, um, now we're going to do our recent review of The Lovebirds. I don't think he's a cop. He's fucking dead. We, we know he's dead, but we didn't kill him. He, like, tripped a murder or whatever. We didn't murder anybody. One, two, three, go. No. Jabron! Okay, the guy's name is Jabron. Run, Leilani. And the girl's name's actually Leilani. Shit. She's running too now. Kind of slow, like she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. I love another trust we have to go to the police because we have nothing to hide. Why is your run from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam so I can beat your ass. We're so fucked. We just need to find the guy the police are looking for. You suggesting we actually go out there and solve a murder? It's locked. Did you think it was one of those men-only doors? All we need is a name, and then we're in the clear. Hey man, it's been a minute. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Who do you work for? You little bitch. You little beanbag ballist bitch. Yeah. If you think about your grandma and that furry beanbag bitch. What? These people are super dangerous and they're really powerful. Stop! This is some handmaid's tale bullshit. We have impostors. Oh no, impostors, that sucks. Everyone unmask yourself. Oh shit, nobody else took their masks off. The synopsis is a couple, Issa Rae and, how do you say his name? Come on down, Jami. Mm-hmm. You can always say his name, because that's the one that you can say and I can't. <laughs> yes. Experiences a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally embroiled in a murder mystery. Directed by Michael uh, Showalter. He did The Big Sick in 2017 and Hello, My Name is Doris in 2015. Um, I'm sure you know more of what he did because you were excited about this. Yeah, Michael Showalter is um, one of the members of the 90s MTV's The State. Mm. And he was also behind, like, Stella. Uh, I think, what, the Stella series, Wet Hot, Wet Hot American Summer, and all that jazz. But yeah, when you said Michael Strollwater, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, really? like his name is funny as a director because <laughs> his last name is Showalter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Michael Showalter? And you're like, yeah, like, <gasps> <laughs> I like this movie even more now. <laughs> um, the writers are Aaron Abrams and Brandon Gale. And I really didn't put anything for what they've worked on before because it's like they really haven't done anything. Okay. Um, but, of course, it's Issa Rae and Camille. Come on now, Jeremy. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, it really centers around them. So, um, Hey, man, what's going on? 
was, that line that he said in that movie. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Okay. Um, what do you think about this movie? Kelsey Dicka Dingo. Okay. From beginning to end, I'll give you a quick little thing of what I liked. Mm. The music in the beginning mm. was a great first impression. I don't even remember the music. You don't remember it? Nah. I remember it because you, you know, I have that sound bar. Yeah. And it, like, kind of bumped. And, like, it was good music. It was music that I listened to. Mm. And um, it kind of told their love story. Oh, okay. Um, that was sweet. And then you, you know, you go to the rest of the show pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Movie, not show. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I thought I saw some people say they didn't really like the movie, so I kind of didn't think it was going to be that good. Okay. Um, but from the beginning with the first impression, it was already drawing me in with their love story mm. to how they were. Like, you told me you couldn't tell which plot was A or B. Yeah. Um, I like that because they did a really good job then of like not just focusing on one thing, but mm. kind of including everything into the story mm. to make it a little more well-rounded, even though if you really think about it, mm. it's a thin plot. Yeah, like, they they essentially witness a murder, they think they're framed for the murder, and they have to... Uh, they have to try and investigate so that they don't get yeah, and they clean like, the names. arrested. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't think it's a thin plot for how flushed out it is. Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. It... it it, it is a very fleshed out story. Um, we even get like a little bit of a, a possibility that like um, uh, Kamal's character, whose name is Gibran, um, that he might be a bit jealous because maybe uh, Liana, played by Issa Rae. Leilani. Oh, yeah. Leilani might have a thing with like a co-worker or the co-worker yeah. might try to be getting with her. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was like a little bit of that in the movie that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I feel like I cut you off. No, it's You're okay. Right uh, and then you get, you know, towards the end, and, you know, it just, it feels really um, organic. The ending? Yeah, the mm-hmm. ending. It felt organic how they came to the end, like, mm-hmm. of all of the plots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's really no uh, loose end. Yeah, it was pretty seamless. Um, And so, I don't know. I really liked it. It was a neat and tidy film. I was excited because it was one that I could show my daughter. Because she's always wanting to watch what I watch. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's more happy about the fact that she watched The Conjuring over the weekend. And she didn't really want to watch this movie. You you could show this to your eldest daughter? Uh Uh-huh. What about that that one scene? They didn't really show (laughs) anything. I saw boobies. She's a girl? That's true. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay go on sorry um so um i don't know i really i liked it i liked mm-hmm. this movie well what do you think about the performance um from the two leads i always like Issa Rae and everything that she's in yeah like i like her more every time i see her mm-hmm. um you should watch um i was about to say awkward black girl not awkward black girl you should watch insecure you would totally like her in that show. Yeah. Yeah. I I was watching like the first season. Um, I got 
almost through it, and then I just canceled my HBO or couldn't afford it, and then I just I just fell off. Mm. Um, like legitimately, as um, Kamel Kamel Nanjiani is that how you say? It? Yeah, Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, um, as he was falling in love with her, I was falling in love with her too. Mm, okay, okay. Um, and then with him. Mm. He wasn't just an awkward goofball the whole time. Like, mm. I think my first real experience with him was in Stuber. Oh, okay. So he was just like a really whiny, like, Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. Um, that That's kind of his stand-up. He is kind of whiny, but he has like a lot of points that he, he, he deals with. And it's actually a lot of... It's, uh, I, I've been following Kimon Nanjami's career for like years. And his stand-up... It's kind of in his acting, like the level of comedy he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Stuber, but every kind of bit I do see from it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally stand-up. Yeah. But even this one, it's kind of a stand-up, but he's more of like, kind of way like talking shit. He is, but at the same time, like he gets some quiet moments mm-hmm. where there's no comedy. It's just all in their acting, yeah. like all in the in their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when he's really feeling something like, like, I wouldn't say he's like worthy of any huge awards or anything. Yeah. But he definitely, either he took some classes or Mm. he might have like some raw talent or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't like you stuck a comedian in a, in a role where he's supposed to show emotion. Yeah. Like he actually seems like he, he was capable of it. Okay. Yeah, you know I what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, I, to- I totally see it. Um, I should introduce you to The Big Sick. That is, that's the film that him and his wife wrote together, and they got nominated for a Best Screenplay for an Oscar. That's the one that actually really got their, they got them notice. Mm. Like right now, his wife, uh, Emily, her name's, last name is escaping me. She's actually writing a script, a superhero film for, the Rock and Emily Blunt right now. Oh, so she's actually like a really talented writer. Um, I think you should really watch the Big Sick because the Big Sick is actually how him and his how, how him and his wife actually met, and how they went on a date and they were kind of having a thing, and then she got sick and almost died. Mm. And this is like at the beginning of the relationship. He was thinking like, well, maybe I should go, but then he stayed, and then like this whole like relationship kind of blossomed while mm-hmm. she was in a coma. While she was in a coma. While she was in a coma, yeah. Shit. I think I think you'll like it. It's a good. It's a it's a cute movie. I think yeah. you'll like it. Um, and he was in that one. Yeah, he was he was the lead in that one. But that's this is that's him just being him, like with his like level of comedy. It's it's him just being him. Oh okay. Um, so my take on the Lovebirds is it was I did enjoy it. Um, I actually probably would show my daughter that movie, but sometimes um, some of the jokes that they would say, I know my daughter would not catch on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of arguing that I think adults are able to listen to. Yeah. Like, I don't, it wasn't annoying for me, but like, I think kids just like, oh, they're arguing, tune it out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they wouldn't get it. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of why my 12 year old didn't really get it either, because she was like kind of putting groceries away because Instacart showed up. Okay. Like, she was helping me with that, but she was like, once it got towards the end where things really started escalating, mm-hmm. then I could see her ducking below the open freezer door to see what was going on. <laughs> so. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, 
So yeah, there are moments where the movie's actually pretty funny. Um, I think there's a couple times I like laughed out loud mm-hmm. at a joke, uh, but it wasn't like straight like wisecracking, like hurt my sides or anything like that. Um, I was actually kind of surprised because the way how the trailer plays it, it's like, oh, there's a couple. They're like madly in love and all that kind of stuff. And oh, shit, they're caught in this whole murder mystery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was actually a bit different because it's not that. It's like their relationship is about to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And then like they're forced to actually like reevaluate their life and actually kind of like see themselves for who they are. Mm-hmm. And actually reveal things about themselves that they they never had a chance to do. Which, in a way, is kind of like, if they just sat down and talk, maybe they would have been okay. Right. Well, I'm sure they realized <laughs> that, too. Yeah. Uh, so, the movie's not very action-heavy. Totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are moments where the comedy is pretty well put together. I do like seeing Issa Rae and Kamal Najami performing. I, I watched them pretty much in that. Like, I remember we saw uh, Issa Rae in The Photograph. Mm-hmm. We both really dug that movie. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious, though. I wonder, was he buff in this movie? Because, like... He didn't he, seem like he was buff. He seemed like he probably does work out. But, yeah. like... I mean, you do get a sense of, like, his body is probably, like... like Changing. <laughs> He's becoming a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... Um, this is probably not a very great example. But there mm. was, like, a picture of this guy who was... One of the guys who went to that party in Florida or whatever and ended up with COVID-19. Oh, the if I get Rona, I get Rona guy? No, no. This guy was like, it was like in the beginning of March when things hadn't really. Yeah, that's the, that's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was gay. He's oh, okay. A, oh, okay. Totally he's different a guy then. <laughs> big buff gay guy. Oh, okay. And he was like in the hospital for like six oh, weeks Oh, I know what you're talking something. about that. Yeah, I remember seeing that article. Yeah, and then he showed up before and after, mm. and he was, like, this huge buff guy with, like, this thick neck, mm. but then he lost so much weight, but he, you could still see, like, he had muscles underneath yeah, his skinniness. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He, and that's how I think of uh, Kamel's oh. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is why we watched the movie for Kamel's, not for, for Kamel's body, because I want to see, is this before he got beefy for Marvel or after? <laughs> uh, what else? trying to think what else it's funny the direction was pretty good i did dig the pacing i there were moments where um it was just kamal and isa just kind of going back and forth what was that for sorry and one of my favorite parts is like i'm gonna take the the why would you take take um grease to the face oh <laughs> that shit was funny um but the the the, the, the dynamic between the two was spot on mm-hmm. like it they had seemed, chemistry. Yeah, it seemed genuine as fuck. Like, I can actually picture these people going on a date. And even, like, when they were arguing and fighting, mm-hmm. it was, like, realistic as shit. One thing to that I want to bring up, and I didn't really fully read the article, mm-hmm. but somebody said that this movie um, did a great job because they chose two people of color to be in the lead oh, role. Yeah, absolutely. But they didn't do a good job of... Um, I guess, like, bringing attention to it or something, like, like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like um, the fact that, like, Issa's black and Kamala is Pakistani and they didn't, like, bring up the fact in the movie that... Not, not just bring world. up the fact, but you didn't really get any of their culture mm-hmm. or anything. You didn't really get, like, 
them being profiled by the police, you got that like one scene where they might have been or but mm. they only thought they were just looking guilty so they were gonna get caught. Yeah. But like they didn't bring it was like they put two people of color in, in a role that could have been played by white people. So are you saying that as a positive or as a negative? I'm not saying it's a positive oh. or a negative. I was just saying what the article said. Oh, okay. And I think that they thought that was a negative. Really? Yeah, because there, I know there are people out there who think that because you put a person of color in a lead role, mm. you have to then show their blackness or show mm. their, you know what I'm saying, to gotcha. really like make it relatable to other black people or to other mm. like Middle Eastern people or whatever. Okay. And that was... That was this people with people were, oh that's what the article said right yeah okay I actually kind of I actually dug the fact that they didn't really really focus on that in the movie mm. because it didn't really call for it, it, it like it's like all. well for me it's like one of those things like if you want to be treated like other people do you constantly have to be called out for mm. being black or being whatever gotcha, gotcha like yeah like I I like seeing that like I'm not one of those white people who's like no I don't give a shit about what color you are I don't want to see it. Yeah, but yours is more like a curiosity thing. Like, you want to know more. You want to explore. No, for me, yeah. personally, I like seeing other cultures that other people fucking hate because they don't take the time to pay attention. Yeah. or Because they have so much more love in their culture and in their families and in their everyday lives Mm -hmm. that... I don't, I've never experienced mm, gotcha. just because, whoops, just because I'm white, <laughs> <already> animated there. <laughs> just because I'm white uh, because I grew up in America where everyone fucking hates each other. Mm. Like, and honestly, I grew up in New England and everyone's really awful where I grew up. Mm. Um, well, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to kill our New England audience. <laughs> okay, go on, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sure they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They're, they're probably like, you right, you right. <laughs> um, like even even if I had grown up in California, I probably would have experienced something a, a lot different. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like I don't, I like I didn't get to experience that. So go ahead and show me all the black films mm. and whatever, because I get to see something real that isn't just white people hating on other people. Mm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um. Okay, <laughs> we've been going on. We've been going on it. We've been going around it for a while. Um, you want to get into the spoiler section? Yes. All right. So uh, if you haven't seen uh, Netflix's The Lovebirds and you want to see it and you don't get spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper uh, right about now. Love that music. That's a great tune. Mm-hmm. It's a great tune. Makes me think of Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Which makes me think of you. Yeah. Get my Hawaiian shirts out. So I get hot <laughs> for that shit. Yo, I was at the store and I saw some Hawaiian shirts. I was like, oh shit, I got some comeback for that. When was this? Just today. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. So, Lovebirds. Um, okay. So, the whole plot kind of like takes a. Um, eyes wide shut kind of turn never saw it uh when uh uh leilani and jabron kind of find like this sex cult Mm -hmm. that's filled with like rich people and congressmen and congresswomen and all that kind of stuff like that Mm -hmm. um (laughs) 
I kind of wish they went a little bit harder at that aspect. The fact that like these people are like watching this shit. Well, me too, but that's just because you know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly wish they went kind of harder with that because I think that could have been a hell of a lot funnier. Like, uh, like we have been seeing these people trying to solve like what this guy was killed for and these pictures or whatever they're supposedly out mm-hmm. there. And then when we get that reveal of like what was going on behind scenes in New Orleans and all that kind of stuff, I just wish they spent like maybe five more minutes in that scene. So here, here's the thing, like. <sighs> The movie didn't call for it. That's why. That's one thing. <sighs> Second yeah. thing, I think that's just because you wanted to see that. But I also, I did too. So. <laughs> that's what I was saying. You know, I don't know. Because I didn't want to admit yet to the audience. Uh, oh, maybe okay, I would like right. to watch that. Okay. Um, but then also, um, that goes to the whole plot A, plot B. Mm. Um, I think that's why when you asked me this question, which was plot A, which was plot B, mm. and was it the love story or was it the, um, the murder mystery? The murder mystery? Mm. That's why I say the love story was plot A, mm. because if the murder mystery was, we would have got a lot deeper into what the fuck they were trying that's to true. solve. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, you're right. I would say you're right. Okay. When I when I say it like went in a bit harder, I wish it could have not went in harder as in. Make that make it a porno. No, (laughs) yeah, no, not like make it harder. Like let's make the B plot like more fulfilling or whatever. I just mean like they could have had more jokes with it. I think they could have had a little bit more fun with that whole thing. They probably could have, but I I like the fact that they, the jokes that they had were really organic too. Like Mm. you didn't feel like they were written out ahead of time. Yeah, except for the time that Leilani was gonna, like hit the door and then Gibran did yeah. and she's like what do you think this is one of those men only doors <laughs> like that really did funny. that did seem a little um coached yeah um other than that like the rest of their jokes were very organic to me like it seemed like mm. i don't know like she was commenting on what was going on like with them with their ritual or whatever mm-hmm. and like, if it had gone on any longer, we would have been like, okay, why are we still watching this? Mm, because okay. she's like, ooh, like, they they did win. <laughs> they were pulling numbers, and they're like, she's like, are they, oh, he was like, are they, are they going to win something? They're yeah. going to lose. Like, is yeah. this good or bad? And yeah. then she's like, oh, they won. Yeah, yeah. She's I like, you. I want to go down there. I got you. Um, some, of the, some of the, other than, like, the sex cult thing, the, some of the movie is kind of predictable. Like... Um, the guy who's, I like how these characters' names are. There's Mr. Hipster, Mrs. Hipster. Um, there's Mustache, who play, who's played by Paul Park, Paul Sparks. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I were watching, I was like, oh, that dude's a cop. Like, at the beginning, he, in the, um, if people seen the trailer, he goes like, oh, I'm a cop, and he stops, he like runs over the guy. Mm-hmm. So, you're kind of, you push that out of your mind a little bit, like, oh, he's probably not a cop, he just said that just to get the car. But I remember I was watching, I was just like, no, that guy's a cop. He's still, he's, he's a dirty cop. I know. And then early on too, I was like, they're going to say, they're going to find out at the end that they're not, um, yeah, the, murder suspects yeah, yeah. or something. They're just looking for them. Yeah. And then of course they're like, we've been looking all over for you cause you're the key witnesses. Yeah. So some of the, some of the film is, uh, is some film, some, some of the movie is pretty predictable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really take that much away from the entertainment value of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long this movie is. I think this movie is maybe like a, probably like a cool like 90 minutes or something like that. 
Um, if it's if it's anymore, yo, that caught me off guard. I did not that like it didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a slog, like at all. No, it didn't. Um, no, it's about it's a little under ninety minutes, and it honestly didn't feel like that long. It felt like we were just watching, like just kind of. It could have been like a sitcom episode. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, like a good, a well written one. Yeah, like this could have been something like on HBO, like Barry or some shit like that. Yeah. Um. What else? I can't think of anything. Else. I like, like, it's like there's really nothing. It's, 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 if anything, it's just a good movie just to kind of watch and just be entertained. And so there's really no deep meaning behind it. Oh, now I remember. Okay. Um, okay. I, there's this really great line in the movie that I thought was great. I like to say great line. Um, where they're fighting in the car. Mm-hmm. And he said, Kamal's, um, so Gibran says, I don't want to be with somebody who's so shallow. And what she throws at him is, well, I don't want to be someone who's okay being a failure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, did they like, I feel like that shit was genuine. Yeah. Like, yo, did they say that like in a fight previously or some shit? Because that shit was pretty harsh. Yeah, it was. Um, and then they, at the same time, one of them goes, I can't do this anymore. She, I think she said, this isn't working. And he says, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like they, they are pretty much like, it's, it's weird because some of like the dialogue they have, it's like a different version of what the, of one person has said or thinking. Mm-hmm. And it shows that like, they're actually kind of like on the same wavelength, but the messages are just getting mixed up mm-hmm. or they're not hearing the message. They even have, um, I even like the, the, the gag, the, the, uh, what's it called? The recurring gag that happens where he's like. One, two, three, and like they don't have the same signal. Mm-hmm. Like he says, like one, two, three, and he runs, and she's like, wait, wait, what? Like what? Like you didn't tell me what one, two, three was. Yeah. And then there's a, that happens again later, and then it happens again a third time, but it makes complete sense because they finally are on like the same page. Exactly, yeah, and it works. Yeah. So we're getting like this kind of, we're getting like this thing where they're on separate wavelengths, mm-hmm. and then finally when they get to the end, they're like perfectly in sync, mm-hmm. and we actually and it comes off like natural. It's like we're seeing like the reign the reignition of re reignition 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 of like their relationship, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't off putting. It didn't seem like they were pulling like stressing it out or anything. Yeah. It was like boom, like this worked out. There was one, well, two scenes that I can think of that maybe were a little slow. Mm. The first one that I can think of is. When Gibran and Leilani are in the the frat boys' apartment, yeah, um, that little scene where they're interrogating him, I think they meant it to be funnier than it was. I don't think it was like that funny, and it kind of went on for a few minutes, and you're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I will agree with you on that. That scene was probably like the slowest part of the movie where it seemed like they just did a hard stop. That one wasn't the slowest one to me, though. Okay, what was this? What, what do you was When one? they finally showed up at their friend's event that they were trying to get to from the beginning, mm. and he was faking having like a brain injury. Oh, really? You thought that was the slowest? I thought it was, not because like... Because they weren't being trying to be clever. They weren't clever and they weren't trying to be that clever. Mm-hmm. They were just using his brain injury to get around asking her friend 
To hack the phone. To hack the phone. Mm, okay. And it was so unbelievable. Mm. He would not unlock the phone for someone who was faking. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's not that it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was obviously fake. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was like it seemed like it fucked up the flow of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, it like still it wasn't that bad. Mm. It but it was just like okay, like let's get through this so we can move on with the movie. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. I still think you're wrong, but no, 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 (laughs) it makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, man. See, now you got me thinking about what I just said. Now I'm gonna stick with it. Of what you just said about about like the slowest scene about the um. With the frat scene. No, you know what? That's the slowest scene. That whole frat scene is kind of slow. It's kind of poo-poo. It is, but it didn't drag on as long. Yeah, as the cell phone scene. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that. I like. I, I did enjoy the movie. It's not like a great... I like. I, I doubt I'll revisit it. But um, in a way... I mean, it was originally supposed to get a theatrical release. I'm kind of glad it didn't because it seemed like... I, I think it felt like it would have bombed. You know what? I think it probably would have too, but I still liked it, and I still think that if you've seen if you've seen it already, and it happens to show up like mm-hmm. if it was one that would show up on like a network, mm-hmm. you would watch it. Yeah, this is like a definite like, hey, it's Friday, got nothing to do. Let's just watch something and kind of turns our turn our brain off. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I, now I remember what I wanted to mention. One thing I want to mention is um, you had said that in the uh, about the article. About uh, some article you read where um, somebody kind of had some grievance saying they were not the the character like the, the movie didn't focus on the characters like uh, culture a- culture background. Um, I would completely have to disagree with that. Um, I like the fact that this movie played out and the fact that like this, is, this if anything this is the movie that could have been that could have starred white people and it would have. Not it would have. It would have been more forgettable. It would have been more forgettable. Like this movie is not forgettable for me. Yeah, and this is a movie that is. It's a movie where they allow more rep- representation, and the fact that they have this interracial couple, not just like a white guy and a black girl, or a white guy and a Mexican girl, like nothing like that. It's like a Pakistani and a black girl, like a realistic couple, mm-hmm. and it shows that shit like this does. Couples like this do exist, but. They didn't want to take away the idea. They didn't want to take their background and put that up front. Because I think if they did that, it would have really been out of place. Like, they didn't want to politicize it when it didn't need to be politicized. Yeah, like, this is just like a movie that's just like, you can just picture like a white white people in this. Or you get a picture of maybe black people in this. Like, just a black couple. Besides, you get enough culture in how she dresses, how she carries herself. Yes. How she does her hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like her hair wasn't like straightened out or anything like no, that. No, she did her hair like black Braids people do and their fucking yeah. hair. Like, yeah. And then him too, like he had the beard and, mm. and... His accent. Yeah, like he had his accent and like they didn't try to make themselves white. Yeah, like even like the party that they went to, it was like a predominantly black, black crowd. Yeah. I don't think there was any white people in that crowd at all at that party. Mm, I think there was a couple. Yeah. But they, they didn't really talk a whole lot. Good. <laughs> good <laughs> but yeah like i didn't i didn't really like i it's understandable like for example um what's that movie we saw i keep forgetting it uh call me maybe or something like that always uh always, always be, my, be my baby always be my maybe right okay mm-hmm. cool this was a always be my maybe was like a movie where it was like a romantic it was a rom-com mm-hmm. with uh asian leads but like 
their background has something to do with the movie. Yeah. Makes complete sense. Even like Crazy Rich Asian. The Asian culture had something really to do with the story. This Lovebirds didn't really have to have anything to do with their culture, and it was fine without it. And I think that even if they injected this shit, you, you would get articles like, why are, they, why are they injecting this stuff that has no point into the story? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to question Issa Rae's blackness. We don't have to, we don't have to know that Kamal Jami is from a certain part that a lot of people don't know. Like, you know, he's from Pakistan, but it's not crucial to his character. Mm-hmm. Because his culture is not his background for this role, right? You know, we see him as just a guy that is just a guy who's just trying to survive the night and maybe have something with his his girlfriend again. Yeah, and I think that the movie's is fine without it. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Anything else, Adam? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we've said all that we need to say about it. It's a good movie. I think it's worth the watch. If yeah. you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Yeah, if you've laughed at the trailer, you'll you'll like the movie. Yeah. If you didn't laugh at the trailer, you're probably dead on the inside. Well, I didn't laugh at the trailer. I thought I, I thought I saw you laugh a couple times. No. No. You were laughing a lot. Oh, I, at the trailer. Maybe because I was, I was what's it called? I was throwing my laughter onto you. So I was a projecting. Tra- you were projecting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't laugh. I, I don't know why. I don't laugh at things. Like, I'll find them funny and I won't laugh. I won't even do the... the I remember you laughing at Stuber, though. Yeah, a little bit. I did laugh at that one. Yeah. But it was a horrible fucking movie. <laughs> like, I actually Sorry, forgot last... What was the last episode we talked about it? And I forgot that I watched it. It was Stuber? Yeah. I don't think we thought about last episode. Then it was the one before. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's gonna be it, right? Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And uh, yeah, so now we're gonna do our geriatric cinematic of something wild. Charlie's a mild-mannered executive who's never been far from home. Now Lulu's taking him all the way. I'm Lulu. Charles, pleased to meet you. I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> Don't worry, Charlie. I have. <laughs> I mean, look straight, you know, but right down in here, that's where it counts. Deep down, I got what it takes. If you were my mother and I brought this guy home as my husband, what would you think? Very nice. But, um, I'd get rid of those handcuffs if I were you. But when Lulu brings Charlie home... Oh, gosh. ...things start to change. Hi, baby. Surprise. There's someone waiting to change something wild to something else. I missed you so damn much. It's over. Remember that. You should have never quit me, baby. You better ask yourself if you really want her. Who are these babies? Something daring. I'm gonna take Lulu, we're gonna waltz right out of here, and there's not a damn thing you can do. (laughs) Something dangerous. Something Wild came out in 1986, and the synopsis is, A free-spirited woman kidnaps a yuppie for a weekend of adventure, but the fun quickly takes a dangerous turn when her ex-convict husband shows up. Directed by Jonathan Demme. He did The Silence of the Lambs, The Manchurian Candidate, and he did a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff. And the funny thing is that Mark saw that. I had wrote that in the show notes. And he's like, I like that you put a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff in there. I'm like, you really need to see his IMDb page. And then he's like, holy shit, he did a lot of Bruce Springsteen (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Um, 
It was written by E. Max Fry, who did Where the Money Is and Foxcatcher. And uh, Jeff Daniels, Melanie Griffith, and Ray Liotta play Charles Driggs, Audrey Henkel, and Ray Sinclair. I think you should start. Oh my god, holy shit. Okay, so when we were trying to like come together and try to find out what movie we were going to do with Lovebirds, we went through a list, and I saw this movie called Something Wild, and I... Something about it was like I kept looking at like the trailers and like the posters for it or whatever. And I was like, why does this movie look so fucking familiar? It's like something's kind of not clicking. And um, so we we watched and everything. And as the movie starts progressing, I started remembering that I I would see this movie on like local channel thirteen, like on a Saturday afternoon or some shit. And because I remember seeing Melanie Griffin with that blonde, the blonde hair cut short, mm-hmm. especially at the end, the outfit she wears. That's what it, like. It, that's when it kicked and I was like, holy shit, I've seen this movie. But I just tuned most of it out, right? Um, okay, so this is definitely an interesting movie. It starts off with like, with Jeff Daniels looking young as hell. Mm-hmm. And he like he's like this business yuppie kind of guy. And Melanie Griffin is like this kind of like goth kind of free spirit kind of girl she was actually kind of sexy she was wearing a lot of like african like iconography and stuff like like the necklace and then like she had like a lot of bangles on her wrists yeah yeah um and like you know she just kind of like kidnaps him but like in a cute way she kind of just like hey come with me charlie and she kind of like kidnaps him and then gives him like this wild night like in a hotel and she just as the movie progressed we get more and more of this of melanie griffith's character on on uh, Audrey, we get more of her background. Well, her name is Lulu from most of the movie. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because she tells him, like, her name's Lulu. We find her name's Audrey, and she has him come with him to, like, uh, see her mom, who she hasn't seen, like, in 10 years or something. She says she's married, even though Jeff uh, Charles is saying that he is, he's already married with, like, two kids. You know, mm-hmm. we get a reveal about that relationship later. And then, like, it turns into, like, she. She takes him to like a high school reunion. It's like this whole thing was just like, whoa, like this woman just took this guy and was just like, you're going to be my husband for the day. Yeah. And then boom. And he goes with it because he likes a girl. He likes her free spirit kind of attitude. Yeah. And no lie, the first hour of the movie was like, yo, this movie's like kind of cute. I'm digging like the 80s style and everything. The mm-hmm. music's not too bad. I'm really just liking this shit, right? Yeah. Um, Speaking of the music, uh, to begin at the top of the podcast, uh, that song you heard was uh, Fame. Was, yeah, it was. It was a. It was by Feelies. Uh, their rendition of Fame that plays out in the movie is actually really good to listen to. So then Ray Liotta shows up, mm-hmm. and holy fuck! Like up until that point, uh, there's actually really no plot. Yeah, there's really no it, plot. But it doesn't drag. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're still you're following them having a good time. Yeah. And you're kind of getting like these ups, you know, ups and downs of like, oh, shit, she's going to do something bad. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to get caught or whatever. Yeah, like at one point she like steals money out of out of a cash register when the liquor store guy has his back turned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the whole plot for like half the movie mm-hmm. um, before Ray Liotta shows up. Yeah. And then like. Ray Liotta shows up. And of course, you see Ray, Ray Liotta in a movie, you're like... He's always the bad guy. He's, yeah, he's always the bad guy or something's about to pop 
the fuck off because mm-hmm. it's Ray Liotta. Mommy, Ray Liotta looked young as shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are just like, when they think of Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, they go, boom, God, uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Just pops right in their head, right? Yeah. He was but, like that young yeah, in this movie. Like his, his complexion was excellent. It you, wasn't I mean, excellent. excellent. I mean, you can still see like... The pock marks. Yeah, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. Yeah. But like... This movie, it 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 just it, it turns dark, mm-hmm. <laughs> really dark. The fact that like Ray Liotta is like a convict who like would rob people. He like beats the shit out of a kid with a gun, breaks um, Jeff Daniels' nose in the movie, kidnaps Audrey, and like it starts to turn this thing where like now Charlie has to like save Audrey from like this fucking maniac. Mm-hmm. And there are times where there's a bit of like comedy but like the level of comedy that was in the first hour is like completely gone Mm -hmm. and it just gets darker and darker because ray Liotta, his character ray it ray Liotta, ray Mm -hmm. is a fucking psycho yeah like i like i (laughs) I, when, when I was sitting and watching this movie with Kelsey, I was like bear hugging this pillow. Like this movie's making me feel really uncomfortable because I'm just constantly on the edge of my seat. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing when you see the trailer, you're like, this is a lighthearted '80s comedy. Also, kind of looked a little boring, but uh, exactly maybe, maybe it could be interesting. It came off very formulaic in the trailer, and even in the beginning, that maybe like something's gonna happen where I don't know the old boyfriend's gonna come back and Charles gonna have to like prove that he actually loves Audrey and all this kind of stuff it might be like this cute musical dance number at the end like whatever whatever Mm -hmm. no people get stabbed (laughs) there's blood at one point like at one point there's a kidnapping Ray like essentially kidnaps Charlie yeah and like there's this really like fucked up scene where like Ray is like screaming at Audrey, you know, saying like, "Bitch, I know you fucking love me. She's my wife." Blah blah blah. Like, I thought, I, for some reason, I thought Charlie was gonna get shot right there. I thought he was gonna die. Oh yeah. They, like, he even kind of alluded to the fact that he was gonna kill him because he told Audrey like, "I can't just let him go. He's as soon as he leaves here, he's gonna go straight to the cops." Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not gonna do that. I just want to go home." yeah exactly and then she he he doesn't do that he ends up like trying to rescue her yeah he like goes and gets binoculars like he find he gets a, another car or uses the car the yeah. red car that they got yeah um and follows them and finds binoculars and he just waits but the thing that messed me up was mm-hmm. the fact that he was in the car and he fell asleep and she escapes and he completely misses yeah that she got away and ray is like dragging her back like she's in a really bad situation and Uh he's sleeping yeah there's like a clear display of like domestic abuse Mm -hmm. like we don't ever see like there's there's only one time where ray loses it and then like starts attacking audrey but you have to figure out you have to figure that before these events before ray was in jail that he no doubt beat the shit out of her like that relationship had to be a fucking nightmare and you can tell, like, when like when the movie starts, when the movie's playing the first hour, like you said, she's free spirited. You think like, well, you know, what's 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 her deal? She seems like a fan, uh, uh, a fun gal, mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. But as we start seeing 
the chaos that that is the relationship between Ray and Audrey, you start thinking, holy shit, she might be like very closed off. She might have seen some really dark, fucked up shit. She might have some fucked up shit done to her. Mm-hmm. And she just like closed herself off. Yeah. She even um, at one point during the movie when she's when her and Charlie are in the motel and she's like seducing him. She says like she says to him like, oh, I know you never done anything like this before. And he's like, no. And he goes, she goes, oh, no, no, no. She goes, he said, I've never done anything like this before. And she mm-hmm. goes, don't worry, Charlie, I have. Yeah. So you have to think. Is this like a regular thing for her? Just to pick up a random guy and take him to the hotel? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, she just picks up randos. Yeah. I've been talking a lot. Kelsey, what's your what's your take on this film? <laughs> okay. I really like this movie mm-hmm. because I can kind of relate to his level of like... Yeah, hello. Oh, the Patches is up here. She, Patches is like, please play with me. Um, I can really relate to the level of you have responsibility as a like a parent or a family person or whatever. Mm. And then, you know, but you have like this rebellious side, but you can't tap into it enough to actually let it fly. Yeah. You actually need somebody else around to like bring it out in you. Yeah. And that's what Audrey was doing for. Her. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's what I really like um, about this film is that slowly but surely... Charles, like, transforms into the person that he actually is meant to be and that he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the reveal that they get at the end is that he's not actually married. He just misses his wife, his ex-wife. Like, yeah, his, like, wife, uh, his wife left him with uh, his two kids for, like, the dentist and shit mm-hmm. like that, yeah. And he actually lives in this big home that's for sale um Yo, that and it's home, like empty that home scene is I, I i i love the image of that home scene because when he pulls up uh to the house with audrey you see the house and it's this it's a it's a nice house it yeah. is a house for a family that is that's it that's gonna be their home that's gonna, they're gonna die in. it's a beautiful home and then when you walk in it's just sad it's yeah like no furniture there's like a tv on a dinner tray you see, like, empty bags of, like, fast food, like, in the kitchen. Yeah. It's sad as shit. Right. Which was not the movie an hour prior. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like the fact, too, that after Charles takes her back to his house, mm-hmm. because he saved her from Ray, mm-hmm. Ray f- finds out where Charles lives and he shows up. Yeah. And then they have that scene where they're fighting and everything. And that's a brutal fight. It's brutal. Um, and Charles, like, at this point, you don't really get a sense that he's fighting for her because he loves her. You get more of a sense that he's fighting for her because it's the right thing to do. Mm. Like, she obviously needs the help. And he does care about her. Yeah. Even though he probably was falling in love with her, I didn't get a sense that that was really like, like he probably would have tried to help whoever out because he he wasn't in a good way himself with the divorce or whatever, mm. and he just wanted to do something good. Yeah, and he didn't. Um, Charles didn't come off as a guy who was like, I have to rescue his girl because I'm the knight in shiny armor and stuff like that. Like he didn't like, and and some of these and some of these like movies where like the nice guy is trying to save. Um, 
save the girl from like the the bad boyfriend or the bad ex or whatever like that. There is a sense of like controlling, you know, like I'm going to save you. Like only I can save you. You can't save yourself. And also I expect that if I save you, you're going to bone me. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how some of these movies are. But <clears> this <throat> one's different. He comes off as like this dude who's just like, I, he just kind of comes off as like, this girl's in a bad situation. The guy's not good for her. Let me at least save her. And, and I don't expect anything. Yeah. Like there's this scene where, um, there's a scene where he's rescued. He's, he's saved her from Ray, which actually that scene I thought was really clever because, uh, Ray has already like established his dominance mm-hmm. over, over Charlie and Ray and Audrey are at this diner and Charlie's been like, what been following them for a while. Kind of like watching from a distance with his binoculars, trying to find his right time to interfere or to, or to jump in and save her. And he, he does find it when cops show up at the diner. And he just walks in like his demeanor is now changed where he's walks in like almost as cocky as Ray mm-hmm. saying, here's what's going to happen. Um, you're going to give me your what? You're going to give me your keys. You're going to give me your wallet. I'm going to take Audrey. She's coming with me. And Ray's like, like, whatever. Like, I'm going to fuck you up right here. Yeah. And he goes like, now those cops over there. And like right there, he's just like, oh, shit. The table's yeah. He goes through like, you're across state lines. Yeah. Kidnapping. I'm, I'm willing to bet that vehicle's stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things he lists that he knows he's done throughout the night. Yeah. And then Ray's like, fuck. Yeah. Because you get a sense of like, Charles, Charlie is a very smart cat. And Ray is just a very blunt first blunt force type of guy and he underestimated charlie yeah and that scene we get we actually see how intelligent charlie is he can actually think ahead enough to get ahead of this guy Mm -hmm. and there's even that really great fucking gag where he's like hey ray you know what show no hard feelings i'm gonna go ahead and pay for this meal Mm -hmm. and he like leaves and he goes (laughs) he goes to the to the uh waitress the waitress comes back and goes hey that guy said you would cover this bill mm-hmm. and i was just like dance yeah, is a dick move but he fucking deserved it yeah so that part was great um but yeah like even like that part which lays into the scene where um audrey and charlie are getting running away together she gets out of the car or she pulls over and she's like get out of the car like like charlie like, i don't want you to get out of the fucking car and he doesn't like no, I'm going to stay with you. I got to stay with you. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, fine. All right. Like, well, he, there's a little bit of, um, a little bit of an argument, but he knows that like, okay, I, she doesn't want me. That's fine. Yeah. Because they both lied to each other and she wanted to make it seem like his lies were worse than hers. Mm -hmm. And then she, I think she kind of realized that's not true. That's why she was, they still argued, but he got back in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so let's talk over that fight scene near the end. Okay. First of all, that shit was terrifying because they don't, Charlie and Audrey think they're safe in Charlie's home. Ray gets the address and he busses the fucking window mm-hmm. of, of, his, of his, his patio door. And then comes this brutal scene where Ray is just pulling the shit out of Charlie. Mind you, Charlie's probably got maybe two inches on him yeah and but it doesn't stop ray and there's like this part it actually kind of made me jump ray is wearing these boots with like these metals like metal ends at the toe yeah and he's trying to kick charlie in the head and for a minute i was like yo he's gonna kick him in the, he's gonna kick his eye out like, yeah that's it right <laughs> and he like goes off and he even starts like beating the shit out of audrey and like th- there's just blood there's fucking blood everywhere mm-hmm. and ray like 
uh, handcuffs Charlie to the um the plumbing th- underneath the sink in the yeah. bathroom. And there's like this scene where like no lie for a minute I thought holy shit he's gonna fucking kill him. Like I actually thought the bad guy was gonna win this movie. Yeah. Because of how fucking nuts Rayleigh. I'm, I'm afraid of Rayleigh. <laughs> I would be scared to like say hi. To yeah. Him. Even though he's probably like a really nice you guy. You say hi and he's like you're dead. <laughs> Seriously. He doesn't even he doesn't say it. He just like winks it. You're dead. <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> which which it goes into like Ray Liotta's um his level of acting. He's able to be this character who's like laughing and just snaps at the drop of a hat. Like he's laughing and you know it's he's snapping on the inside. Exactly. He's like already planning like how many times he's gonna stab you. Yeah. After he like finishes every laugh of every ha 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 is like stab stab stab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta bounce they gotta bounce out that ratio, right? And it goes into like the level of intensity of his eyes. Like he his eyes are very hypnotic to bring you in so he can snap your neck over the table. Mm-hmm. And we get that sense in this movie um, when he, like, handcuffs. There's, like, this scene where, like, um, Charlie gets, he breaks the plumbing. He, like, trying to choke out Ray. But Ray still gets the upper hand on him and, like, pulls his arms. And for a minute, it looked like he dislocated him. It did look like he dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, and he's pulling at him. And then all of a sudden, Ray pulls out a knife. And you're like, holy shit. That's right there. I was like... He's gonna fucking kill him. Like this like Charlie's gonna fucking die. And but that doesn't happen. Like uh Charlie, uh, doesn't he like rush um what, Ray? Ray? No, what happens is that Audrey hits Ray with the golf oh, yeah, club. That's right. And Ray gets up and tries to rush Charlie. And Charlie even has the sense to go, Ray, no, like stop, you know? And he like runs into the knife. Oh well, cause when uh I think you're missing a point, a part here. Mm. Ray dropped the knife. Yeah. And Charlie picked it up. Yeah. And then that's how, when Ray went, tried to go after Charlie. Yeah, he runs into the knife. Yeah. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Even like, like I said, even Charlie was like, Ray, no. Like, Charlie, even, even though this cat, even though Ray had to die for them to live happy, Charlie was just like, I don't want to kill this guy. This dude just needs to belong in jail. I think the Ray no wasn't like... Look, I have a knife. It was, if you don't stop, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't an accident that he got stabbed. Like, Mm. you didn't stop and you got your ass stabbed. I see. I didn't see it like that. I saw it as like, I saw it as like. Because he was holding it like right in front of him in a way that the person, like he could have been holding it down or Mm. he could have pulled it away. It was enough time. He could have pulled it away if he didn't want to stab him. Mm. It was like, right, like, look, I have the knife. And he didn't listen. Yeah. He just was like seeing red and he just, all right. Stabbed, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Even the part where like after Ray has been stabbed, there's this moment where like he stops and like looks himself in the mirror. And, like, runs his finger through his hair. But when, he, like, you see his hand move, it's, like, blood on his face. It's very haunting. Well, for me, that wasn't the most um, dramatic part. It was when he got stabbed. Mm-hmm. His eyes, you could see, like, all the levels of, like, like there was shock. Mm-hmm. There was, like, acceptance. Yeah. There was everything just flashed in his eyes. Yeah. Before he even walked away to the mirror. Well, oh, okay, I got. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I, okay, I can definitely see that now. 
I was I tried telling you yesterday, but I don't think you quite understood. Yeah, I didn't understand it until I didn't understand it until you mentioned it like right now. I, I however I do think that scene when he looks in the mirror is very haunting. Yeah. It's it's very haunting. And there was finally like the cops showed up and ugh, like fuck cops took forever to show up. The cops showed up and everything. And there's this moment where like the movie it seemed like the movie's gonna end with Audrey being taken away by the cops. Which I think that might have been the original ending. And like the city was like, no, make them together. Yeah, I think it could have ended there and it would have been a complete movie. And they still yeah. had two more after the fact type like scenarios. Oh, yeah. Oh, where yeah. It could yeah, have ended yeah. another time in between mm-hmm. where he like shows up at the diner. Well, the, oh, I mean, the, no, he goes to work. Yeah, and, he's and like, he, he his quit. arms busted and everything. Like, yeah, he's done. Yeah, and then you—that could have been the ending there. But then, no, then they also cut to again. Like, he's at the diner. Yeah. He's kind of thinking he sees Audrey in other places, but she's yeah. not there. And then he finally bumps into her. Yeah, and they like they end up like together. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a happy ending, but there could have been. There was. They seemed like there were two times before that where the movie probably would have ended yeah and it, and that's the thing if it ended like if it ended at the part where um where they take audrey when the cops take audrey to question her and ray just kind of looks at the distance as she's driving off as she's being driven off that way they could end that movie and that, that would just been like a dark ending mm-hmm. it would just have been like well i guess she must have gone to jail like that's it yeah but then like we get to the part where he quits his job and kind of think oh maybe it's like a new beginning nope that's not it <laughs> <laughs> oh they got together happy ending la 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 yeah. And then she got that dress, and that's what I was like, I've seen this movie before. I just barely remember it. <laughs> but, I mean, all in all, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a, it was a surprisingly great film. Yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't mind re-watching that movie again mm-hmm. to, like, find some deeper meanings in certain scenes. Um, well, okay, actually, I take that back. One thing that did kind of bug me, and I don't know if what the director was thinking of, but, like, there's a lot of scenes where, like, they're talking about like a lot about black culture. Like there's a like there's a scene where like Charlie goes to a gas station and there's like three to four guys just like rapping there. Oh yeah. Like all that stuff. And then like there's a part where Charlie's talking to the gas attendant guy who's black and they're like, Yeah, man, this, this, you got this all right. And then even that girl singing in the Yeah, the girl <laughs> at sings at the very end. Yeah, I forgot what song she sings at the end. But I don't know. It seems like it seems like at the time of this production, they were just like hey, like, black culture is, like, really in now, you know, hip-hop and stuff like that, or more like when they say rap back then. But, yeah, rap and hip-hop is in, like, now. So let's, like, incorporate that into this movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of was just like, what are you guys doing with this? <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this, you know? Why do you have Melody Griffin with, like, a necklace with the African flag colors and the, the, and the continent of Africa on her necklace? Money. Money. Yeah, money. Black cells. Yeah, right. Hey, black people, this isn't just about white people going crazy. You can watch it too. Look, there's hip hop people in the background. <laughs> we got something for you, black folk. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it surprised the fuck out of me. Fuck of me. The fuck out of me. How mm-hmm. good it was. Um, yeah, I definitely rewatched this. I definitely would rewatch this again. Um, I think we have to mention how f- how funny it was. Not funny, how how funny, but funny like kind of clever. Mm. The um the switching of the roles. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So like you noticed first, like you thought it was funny how first Melanie Griffith's character 
kidnaps Jeff Daniels, mm. and then when Ray Liotta shows up, mm. it switches, and Melanie Griffith's character, Audrey, she doesn't want to go with Ray. She's like, no, 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 Like, all of a sudden, she's kind of like the party pooper, mm. but Jeff Daniels is, like, having so much fun. He's like, no, 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 let's deal, let's yeah, deal, let's go a have a drink. Spirit. He's a free spirit of one. Yeah, and then... Um, and it, and it does that at that at that hour mark, like boom, we got a different movie now. Yeah, and then Ray Liotta kidnaps uh, Melanie Griffith in kind of the way that she had kidnapped Jeff Daniels, yeah. but when she did it, it was fun, and when he did it, it it's was terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it it fuck it it, is, it speaks on how like how certain genders view things. Like, if this movie started. With Jeff Daniels supposedly free spirited kidnapping this woman, you would have swear this is like a kidnap story. This is going. This is going to end only in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But it's a, when a woman's when a woman does it, it's fun. It's sweet. It's cute. Mm-hmm. You know. And Even though there were times where it kind of wasn't, because yeah. there were times like when she handcuffed him to the bed, uh, I yeah. swore I'm like that's it. She's taking his money uh, and running. Even like the part when oh I hit the mic again. Uh, even there's a part where um, Melanie Griffin calls like handcuffs him and calls his business, and he freaks out like holy shit, she's gonna like rat me out or she's gonna like fuck me up or something like that, yeah. right? But like no, she was just like hey Charlie, like tell him this, like be. Be a rebel. Be different. Yeah, talk to the people at your work while I give you a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, so, what's what's your what's your thoughts at the uh, about the whole movie in general? I like the movie. Mm. Um, and if you want to know if I think it holds up, mm. I actually think it does. Really? All right. Okay. I think it does hold up because um, the female character, even though it wouldn't pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Um. She's still strong, and she's of her own mind. Yeah. Like, even though Ray has her, it's not by her will. Yeah, she tries to escape a couple of times. Um, so she's just kind of playing along. Like, sometimes women will do this thing where they kind of turn off their wants and needs to, mm. like, deal with the situation at hand. And, yeah. and she does that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does kind of go to show like the different types of men there are because I think sometimes men get pigeonholed into a certain category too where they're either a really strong lead Mm. or um, they're like beta males or whatever yeah and Jeff Daniels was not that Mm. Um, and he still won yeah so I think it was um, like kind of progressive in a way I can see that I can definitely see that yeah um so, since the topic is, is it, uh, what was the topic? Uh, Love is in the air or is it? Which one Which one do you think that did that better? Do you think Lovebirds did the whole kind of like Love is in the air or is it kind of thing? Or was it uh, uh, something wild? Predictability speaking, mm-hmm. I would say something wild. Oh, okay. Um, even though Lovebirds was a cuter story, mm-hmm. um, something wild was more... Like, it started one way and then turned into something else. It wasn't yeah. predictable. Their love wasn't like, like a. It didn't give you butterflies. Like it mm. was like, oh, they're just having fun, mm. and th- then he realized what kind of person he wanted to be, okay. which is kind of what you'd like in a relationship, anyways. I think, mm. like, not that you change for the person, but then they kind of help you see you. Yeah. Like through them. Mm. Um. And I think they did that that better. Gotcha. Um, 
is in terms of well I'll, I'll do I'll do this kind of thing if you if you want to watch something to kind of turn your brain off you can watch Lovebirds um, it, is, it is predictable it is very formulaic um, but it's really fun it was really fun however I do like I do like something wild more because it really asks the question you know if lo- if this is really love because um, though these two characters are like in the shit in this chaos Jeff Daniels really had to kind of sit and evaluate and be like, do I really want to risk my life for this girl that I've only met for like one day? And she's fucking crazy. And she's crazy. She's obviously got issues. Do I want to deal with that? Other than like her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, ex-husband. He even did say at one point, Mm -hmm. like, he's like, you're a great girl. You have some issues, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then like the whole like revealing of each other, like the fact that Jeff Daniels said that he was married, but he's not. Like he lied to her and how she was saying that she never told him that he was married and married to this guy and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would have to say something wild kind of fits that bill better. It really, it really makes you want to evaluate like the person you're with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I enjoy something wild a lot more. Yeah, that's something. Something was a lot more memorable to me. A lot more memorable than Lovebirds. Yeah, I agree. So, okay, that's going to be it for our show for this week. Um, oh, and I do think it still holds up. Something was still holds up. All right, uh, you guys can find us, our gals, guys and gals, equal opportunists. <laughs> you people. You people. You mean you people? <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email the real appeal at Gmail. Uh, catch the podcast on all podcast catchers, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and all that jazz. Um, next week. Really looking forward to that show. We are going to be doing Netflix's Space Force that stars Steve Carell. And we're going to mash that up to one of the greatest Paul Van Hoeven movies ever. Not RoboCop. Not Robocop, not Total Recall, not Showgirls, Starship Troopers. <sighs> Gonna love watching this. We almost did Spaceballs. We almost did Spaceballs, but you know what? We're gonna do Starship Troopers. Yeah. It was funny. I was like, I thought we did an episode and we actually went through and looked at all the episodes. We're like, no, we did not do that. Yeah, we've talked about it like enough times and we're like, you know what? Let's let's fucking break that movie down. Let's see what's up with it. Yeah. Um, the topic is space and space bugs. Yum. <laughs> it's not Red Robin. God. <laughs> Put the bugs on the Red Robin. Yum. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> well, we're all glad you did. I know, right? All right, gonna bid you guys adieu. We hope you, uh, everybody's safe. Wash your damn hands and all that jazz. Do not go out there to the beach. It's hot. Do not go out to the beach. You guys can wait. Buy water guns and water balloons like we did. Be creative. Fucking play with your kids on the front yard or at at the park, six feet away from each other. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But before we leave, I want to leave you guys with a story. So, I have this thing where whenever I eat something, I take a bite and I go, not enough salt. Almost everything, not enough salt. Bowl of cereal, not enough salt. Coffee, not enough salt. <laughs> However, one day I did get a meal that had too much salt. Too much. And the, uh, 
the first thought that came to me were from Gibran, played by Kamal Nanjiami. And those words were, it was very salty. I didn't know I would get mouth fucked by the Dead Sea. <laughs> <laughs> 